from Relay FM, this is Upgrade, episode 321. Today's show is brought to you by Teamistry, Bombus, and MailRoute. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Mr. Jason Snell. Hi, Jason Snell. Hi, Mike Hurley. Big episode today. We just oh, yeah. basically finished watching uh, the Apple October event, the iPhone and HomePod mini event. It ended about an hour ago. And we are going to do our level best to break it down for you. But we will start this episode the same way that we start every episode of Upgrade, where, Jason, we ask you a question. And this one has come from me. Jason, I would like to know, having watched the Apple event today, would you stand on the roof of Apple Park? I mean, are you offering? Um, yeah. If I could make that happen <laughs> you, for you, you would you that, do it? I mean, I would be, first off, I've never been anywhere at Apple Park other than the Steve Jobs Theater. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to be at Apple Park in general. And would I stand on the roof? Sure. It looks beautiful up there. Amid the solar panels, I could stand there and I could explain why that thing you want is bad for the environment and the earth and you should feel bad for wanting it. I cannot believe that uh, Lisa Jackson stood what it looked like. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't, but it looked like she was completely unsupported or secured. Yeah. You know how big Apple Park is? She was nowhere but near falling Jason, anywhere. It's like slanted. If there was a big gust of wind or one of those drones came no, over. No, it's fine. Oh, it's perfectly safe. You just, grab, you just grab onto one of those solar panels. Uh, all fine. I'll say is I wouldn't do it. I am a, a person okay. who has a fear of heights and that would that would do me and I could not handle it. I would absolutely, absolutely do it. So, of course, we're going to be talking about everything that Apple announced today. Uh, but before every episode, when there is going to be an event discussion, we have a draft where Jason and myself make our predictions. We turn it into a game. Jason always wins. Jason's won again. I can't, I can't handle this anymore, Jason. I, I said to you earlier, I don't know why I get so excited for the drafts, considering I just keep losing them. Well, you win one every now and then, and it gives you hope. You're just so mean. And what did Ted Lasso teach us about mm-hmm. hope? It, it's well, the hope that kills you. Uh, yeah. As is usual, well, actually, the way that these drafts tend to go is that one of us doubles down on something and yeah. that thing doesn't happen. So for me, this time is I doubled down on Apple TV. So I had two Apple TV related picks, neither of them happened. That right. was what, what did me in. If Apple TV would have been shown off, you know, it could have been closer or it could have been a tie, uh, but we scored it at 9-7 to you. Um, right. I'll include in the show notes the scorecard if you want to peruse the picks yourself. Yeah, we got all of the iPhone picks right because we all, you know, we knew what we were picking and all those things happened. And so it ends up coming down to other things that are going to be in the event. Mm-hmm. And we had five picks of those. And I, you know, I mentioned the HomePod, so I got two points off of that. You picked that Jaws would appear and he did. Um, uh, an A14 boast segment down in the chip lab absolutely happened. We got that again. Um, I I had uh, details of a not yet seen feature in iOS. There were actually two mm-hmm. because there's the Apple Pro Raw as well as the uh, the little walkie talkie esque oh, intercom cool, cool, cool. feature. I was thinking uh, there were like new, there's a lot, there were a lot of new features in the camera app, right? So like yeah. there was there was new video recording modes, there's new enhancements to portrait and stuff. I think I said last time that um, if it was just a new 
you know thing in the photo app it wouldn't count but there were two right. other features including one that they I literally think intercom is the is the is the yeah. thing that cinches it here because i think yeah, we I, could still so. discuss pro raw like a little yeah, bit and, but and if it was going to be the decider i would have said you know he literally stands on on stage or in the video and says this is a new feature <laughs> so mm-hmm. i think i i would call that a new feature since mm-hmm. they said it was a new feature but yeah it doesn't matter and then the last one my big gamble that totally paid off is uh mac not mentioned yeah is apple is apple a company that makes a computer called the well, mac they wouldn't would stop you know? showing them which was so were, annoying to that's me right. they they're, were they're everywhere. in the lab yeah. you've never seen I, more mac pros in a presentation i think we saw more mac pros in this presentation than we saw when they introduced the mac pro there were mac yeah. pros littered all over the place like they've been rolling yep. around inside of apple park and bouncing into uh-huh. tables they just get stuck um, so the mentioned. thing was this could have gone one or two ways, right? Like, if they didn't do the HomePod, but they did the TV, I would have won. Because you yes. had two HomePod picks, I had two yes. TV picks, and that's just the way I ended up The one that made out. me laugh the most, though, is that I had that pick that was the Emmy Awards are mentioned. Yeah. The, the Academy Awards were mentioned. Were they? Because, I, didn't, I missed that. Be, yes, because they, they had that short film from the Oscar the oh. Oscar winning cinematographer. Huh. He hasn't won an Emmy, but he won an Oscar. Uh, and I, that made me laugh. It's like, oh, wrong award show. Mm-hmm. Wrong award show. But uh, yeah, and, and for the record, the tiebreaker, which we didn't need, was set at 80 minutes and it was about 68 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I'm feeling like the next time we do this, that tiebreaker, that over under is going to be down. Oh, it's yeah. Be, because it's going to be down at 60 yeah. minutes or like, 70 minutes. If there's minutes, another event. There. It's not running longer than the iPhone event. No, I feel like right. we've we've discovered Apple's secret plan Hour. for when they do three events in uh, when they do monthly video product release events, which is an hour. Shoot for an hour. Yeah. So I am frustrated to have lost again because now I can't even tie the year. Um, but I will say, compared to previous drafts, I was more happy with my uh, my overall success oh, yeah. in this draft. And it just ended up being really like I feel like the Craig Federighi one was a stupid one to pick, um, but it was just unfortunate. It, really, to me, I don't know if you felt this way, but I was pretty convinced that they would have an Apple TV at this event, um, or especially show, or even I should say, mm. show off some content. Um, but I think they ended up kind of uh, pushing it down because they pushed it down the line a bit that that renewal to February. Maybe that's why they're not doing anything yeah. here now. I think that's it. All right, we should get into it. We should start actually by talking about the brand new HomePod Mini, which I don't know about you, Jason, but I actually think was the most surprising uh, of all of the the features and all the things shown off today. But we'll uh, you can answer that question and we can get to it in a little more detail <laughs> after our first break. This episode is brought to you by MailRoute. Bad actors threaten your business with spam and viruses, and they're even more sophisticated in 2020. Email traffic has tripled as companies have increased the number of employees working from home on residential networks. And as administrators look to mitigate associated risks to their businesses, one of the biggest vulnerabilities is probably your email. And this is where MailRoute can help. When it comes to handling business email, there are a number of things that are vitally important. Security, speed, uptime, and a streamlined workflow. Well, MailRoute solves all of those problems. MailRoute's team was the first to build an email filtering service back in 1997, and they've been focused exclusively on email security for 23 years. MailRoute is the only service to provide one-click sync with both Office 365 and G Suite for simple and safe migration, and their API-level integration ports your data from 365 directly into MailRoute so there's no need to duplicate your workload to activate this protection. 
MailRoute also meets federal compliance standards, including NIST 800-171, which of course everybody knows is the Department of Defense Contractors. Mm -hmm. It's my favorite of all the federal compliance standards. Uh, Admins enjoy real-time log searches and real-time reporting in their custom dashboard, and this dashboard gives you incredibly granular controls to stop spam, phishing attempts, viruses, ransomware, and malware. So try MailRoute today and get 10% off the lifetime of your account by going to mailroute.net slash upgrade. You can even get a 30-day free trial with no credit card required. Just go to M-A-I-L-R-O-U-T-E dot net. That is mailroute.net slash upgrade to start protecting your business today. Mailroute, making email better. Well, thanks to Mailroute for their support of this show and Relay FM. They're protecting you from bad actors like, I don't know, Nicolas Cage? I love Nicolas Cage. Yeah, he is a good actor in bad movies. It's different. They're not protecting you from Nicolas Cage. No. So, Jason, let's talk about the HomePod Mini, presented by friend of the show, Bob Borges. I was very excited to see Bob uh, come out on the stage. It's like, hey, Bob, I know you. But he's been uh, shrunken down into a a little tiny man who lives in a dollhouse. Yeah, that was was an interesting looking set. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's a small dollhouse and for the small HomePod. Mm -hmm. So, straight up, we should just talk about the price. $99 for the HomePod Mini. So the HomePod Mini is a much smaller HomePod. It's a little orb. Funnily enough, very similar to the new design of the Amazon Echo, uh, which is also circular. Uh, I love when this stuff happens. You know, like, first they're all cylinders. Now they're all balls. And that's where we're, yep. we're at at this point. We're into looks smart like a home candle. balls. This yeah. looks like one of those candles that you, you light to, like, uh, drive mosquitoes away or something. Exactly. Or like a little coconut. It looks like a little coconut. Maybe that's what I'll call it, the coconut mini. Um, I think that it is clear at this point, at that price point, when we were, our draft pick was under 200 because we thought yes. maybe 199, 149 at best. I was skeptical of 99 yep. as the price. That's, I, I was surprised. Now, as uh, I've had some people point out to me, um, you know, Google's is forty nine dollars. So it, it like Apple's still offering this at a premium price, but for Apple and the the HomePod, they they've come a long way. Is what I'm saying. You got a, a great Apple, on the curve Apple connected always. home product is pretty yeah. pretty big for them. Yeah. Like, look, it's Prime Day today. You can get an Echo Dot for thirty dollars, right? Like, right. but this isn't happy what we're Prime talking. Day. By the way, happy yeah. Prime Day, <laughs> happy to you. Prime Day, one and all to you and everyone out there listening. Happy Prime Day. But I think the point here that we are making is. They are selling this product at a better, much better price point than we would expect, half of what we would expect, which does mean that they're at least attempting to be competitive in the way that Apple does. You know, this wasn't when the HomePod, the original HomePod, was always significantly overpriced, right, compared to to what it was going up against. And I think it could be fair to say that, you know, and also the Echo Dots that you can get for like $20, they're the old ones, right? Amazon have new ones coming. Um, And yes, they will be cheaper than the HomePod. But again, this is Apple, right? Is this what the HomePod should have always been? Should the original HomePod ever should have existed? Yeah, I mean, this is. I think this is one of the questions. Is they this is Apple learning a lesson? Like the the existence of this product is Apple learning a lesson from what happened with the relative failure of the HomePod, um, which I think we've all known for a while now was kind of over engineered and really overpriced. So they are. They seem to have learned a lesson, which I think is interesting that they've done that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm also interested, by the way, that this is the HomePod Mini, and the HomePod appears to continue to exist, and that makes me wonder if perhaps there is still going to be a HomePod. Like, are they going to take another crack at that of like a higher, or is this going to be a you know product range, or is in the end a Mini going to be the only one that's out there? I'm curious mm. what what they th- are thinking about this and where they go from here. Um, I mean, I but, could imagine them um, now having the opportunity to actually push the HomePod higher. You know, like they can push it further at the price points. Um, like they could keep it like two nine nine or whatever it is, and give it more. Right. So, like they're they able to keep that price point separated. I mean, the thing that I'm going to be intrigued about, and the thing that I'm looking forward to testing is what are we talking about in the sense of how loud this thing gets, how good it sounds? It surely is going to sound great. It surely isn't going to sound as good as the original would be my expectation. Oh yeah. You know? It's not going, it's not going to, of course it's not. Yeah. I mean, they, they engineered the original HomePod to be this kind of like the iPod hi-fi actually a little bit. They kind of engineered it to be this amazing sounding thing mm-hmm. uh, for a high price and it bit them. And so the real question with the HomePod Mini is exactly how good or bad does it sound? Um, what did they sacrifice for a $99 smart speaker? Well, one phrase I didn't hear, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but this was something they spoke about constantly with the original. There was no reference to room-filling sound. Right. All right. And that was the thing that they were always very, very... Um, very focused on right was that uh-huh. you could get a home pod and it will fill the room and i i did not catch them saying that this time um so i think that this thing oh actually i'm looking at the web page jason and it says room filling sound on the web page i thought i would go oh, check okay. it i just did con- command f on the web page and they're saying the room rooms sound are there. smaller maybe now? i don't, i'm just gonna say like i mean i don't think that anyone's gonna be surprised with this this thought it's not going to be as loud or as good sounding as the big one but i bet is going to be really good for its price yeah, i love enough the sound quality that I get from my HomePods. I yes. have two in a stereo pair. That's mm-hmm. how we watch TV. And I think it sounds So great. imagine, because that's what I was going to say, is that it's not just that it's $99, but it's that for $200, you can get a stereo pair. Yeah. And I think that is the ideal. I really recommend HomePod. that to people. If, if you are uh, somebody who watches Apple TV a lot and you're watching Apple TV through your uh, TV speakers, get two of these things and your TV viewing experience will be vastly better because the really smart stuff that it does with all of like the stereo um, and working out, you know, like it does all the sound analysis and stuff. Really, I love it. Like we don't have the ability to set up a surround sound in our uh, home where we watch TV, like in our living room. But I think we get a lot of the way there with a product like this because it will be very frequently that like we'll be watching a show and something will happen on the left-hand side and it comes from the left-hand side speak, right? Like it sounds really good and it immerses us in that audio. So I think people are going are gonna to really get a kick out of that. Um, you know, I, I noticed, Jason, I went to the, to the webpage to look at the pricing in the UK because it's like 99 pounds, of course, because... Uh, conversion rates yep. don't exist anymore and nope. one of the things on the order page says want to put one in every room for multi-room audio you can just change the quantity of items in your bag and i just thought that was really <laughs> funny Whoa. it's like all right apple just how convenient chill out. <laughs> i can just buy more of them Great. <laughs> buy one for all of your friends you know what i want to see i want to see some youtuber like fill a ball pit with one of these or something you mm. know and jump in it um 
I'm really excited for this product. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna pick one up for my studio um, because I've been struggling with some of the home uh, related. I, like I have some hue lights and stuff there, and they've been causing me some problems with my Echo devices. So I want to see if HomeKit will do a better job with that. I have actually found recently, like registering stuff like lights and things with HomeKit has been much nicer than Echoes. Um, the Amazon Echo really struggles if you have two Hue bridges, which I do. I have one home and one in the studio, and it really gets upset. So I'm hoping that maybe the HomePod will do a better job with that. Um, but yeah, I like it. I, I think that this is a super cool little product, um, and it's priced really well. Uh, there was a couple of interesting software features. Um, oh, we should say the S5 chip is inside of this thing. It's powering what Apple's calling computational audio, which is a clever thing where it's analyzing the music and it's tweaking uh, the output to suit it, which I think is is quite clever. Um, oh, it has a use for the U1 chip finally. Yeah, it's a uh, something that I like amazingly, you know, have been beating the drum of like U1 ultra wideband. It's the future. Get ready. Uh, any day now. We waited a You'll, year. Twenty twenty five cars will have it as a feature, so you can unlock your car. Well, anyway, there's a U one chip in the HomePod Mini, and it does um, it does a new version of handoff where it basically is be it's going to be able to precisely detect when you bring a device with the U one chip, so an iPhone basically up to it, and then do handoff, which um, I think is interesting, and it's it's I will say. I tried to use handoff with my HomePod, mm-hmm. the old version of that, and it never worked right. So maybe they fixed that or maybe it's better or not. But like I was laughing when I saw the demo because like it sounds great, except I never got it to work right with my HomePod. So we'll see. We'll see what they do with that. And I really liked the uh, intercom feature that they're working on, which I thought was a kind of a cool, what I liked about it, so, you know, I've seen other products do this, right? Like I think all of the smart devices have some kind of intercom mode, you know, like you can do it with the Google stuff and the Amazon stuff where you can basically announce your voice in other rooms. But what I liked about this more was that you could actually integrate with other products. So you could yeah. be out of the home and use intercom on your iPhone and it will play to all of the home pods at home as well as send notifications to people Key on point. their devices exactly um, right it's not gonna it's not gonna make your phone go beep and then play a no- annoying thing from someone it, mm-hmm. it's just gonna send you a push notification saying here's an audio message that you can play if you want to yeah and i assume that in home in uh in uh, carplay it will say you know you just got a message do you want to play it that kind of thing like it does for for other messages yeah. we have to back up um, there's a site on uh, there's a place on Apple's website that says comparing the HomePod models mm-hmm. and does not have home theater with Apple TV 4K listed for the HomePod Mini, but does for the HomePod. I don't know what that I, means. I'm gonna guess that the uh, uh, that a stereo paired HomePod set is looking at 5.1 audio and doing some home theater e kind of effects with it. And my guess would be that maybe a stereo pair of HomePod minis would just get stereo out, but I don't, that's just a guess. Um, but that's, that's weird. That's weird. 
And also oh. that it doesn't have spatial awareness and the HomePod does, which I think is all those things where it was sending out like test tones um, and automatically adjusting its sound. And these, they just, you know, they just play. They play in 360 degrees or whatever, but they're not like testing your environment and adjusting automatically. Those seem to be things that are not available on the uh, on the Mini that are still available on the 299 HomePod. Okay. Huh. Well, I guess you know even even stereo pairing them together would still sound good, uh, but you're yeah, not going to get we'll the see. same the same features. I guess they're definitely you if you had a big you know, pair. It's ninety nine dollars. They're not gonna they're not gonna put every feature of the two ninety nine speakers in there. It's not gonna happen. That's a shame though. They're also getting support for Pandora and Amazon Music, which was seemed weird. Like, why isn't Spotify there? Like, I'm sure that there's something going on with the two companies, but it kind of just feels a bit like, what are they doing, you know? I don't know. It seems weird to me. Like, why are these two? I mean, it also may be that that they just chose not to promote Spotify, although, you know, Spotify is a better story, right? Like, and it'll work with Spotify, but obviously there's some, I don't know, they don't get along. They don't get along, no. They don't get along. But I find that you know I'm I'm an Apple Music customer and yes it's cool for me but I it's I can imagine that 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 slide I'm sure caused more frustration than it did make people feel happy about their like about their choices right like I can imagine more people there being like well that's annoying than people going yay Amazon Music so, right <laughs> yeah I know I know the Spotify is the question there but again that relationship is kind of fraught and even if Spotify is working on something perhaps sometimes Apple rewards companies by putting them for doing things that apple wants by putting them in uh, media events Mm -hmm. but it may also be that they don't have everything signed and they're debating things or you know that happens too like amazon for a long time was noticeably absent from apple mentions because they were at odds over something and then they you know made up and signed a deal and now they talk about amazon all the time i want to come back one last time to the um the kind of setting them up with a TV thing. Uh, I still think that this, a stereo pair for $200 is pretty good because it's yep. not all you'd use them for, right? Like there are people in the chat who are saying, why don't you just get speakers and plug them in? And it's like, that is a good point, but the speakers don't do anything else, right? Like if you just buy two bookshelf speakers and, and use those, like I, I still think that for $200, a great feature of these is you could stereo pair them and watch something uh, on on Apple TV, right? Like, sure. I guess, I guess it, cause it, I'm assuming that it means you could airplay the Apple TV to them, right? Yes. It says, yeah, the site yeah. says that you can do that. So I, I think that it's just going to be a stereo pair, mm-hmm. uh, taking the stereo signal out of the, uh, out of the, the Apple TV rather than it being a, uh, you know, some sort of integrated home theater, uh, kind of thing. But I don't, yeah. I don't know. Like no, none of us knows for sure until we try this stuff out, what the differences are. You know, I've said for a long time that I, I think that they should make a HomePod that's a, um, that's a soundbar, sound right? Yeah. And maybe even in- integrate Apple TV into that as well, where you basically, it's, it's an Apple TV and it's a soundbar and it's a HomePod and, you know, and then that's going to provide you a real kind of uh, uh, home theater experience. Plus it's got all of Apple's AirPlay and stuff built into it. But, you know, Suffice it to say that Apple's home strategy is um, mysterious and inconsistent and that they've missed a lot of opportunities and they've had some misfires and it remains to be seen, you know, it remains to be seen whether they've got their act together. I I think I, this, this is a, an encouraging product 
in that it seems to understand things about what people want from these products that the original HomePod did not. But there are so many other aspects of the connected home world that Apple doesn't play in or the way they play is weird. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's one of those it's one of those areas where I look at it and I think, I don't understand what they're doing. And I get the distinct impression that they don't know what they're doing. Wouldn't it be cool if the next HomePod was a was a soundbar? <laughs> Why not? Just go for it, right? That's like, oh, that'll be the next one. That, I would like that to see that awesome. product. That would be really cool. All right, should we get into talking about the iPhone? I think we need to. All right. This episode is brought to you by Teamistry, a podcast that tells the stories of teams who work together in new and unexpected ways to achieve remarkable things. Every episode of Teamistry tells a story, and in every story, you'll find practical lessons for your team and your business. On this season, the show travels deep into underwater caves of northern Thailand to discover how divers, medics, soldiers, and volunteers freed a group of trapped teenagers. It explains how a world-renowned watch company pitted their two factories against each other in an attempt to become the best watchmaker in the world, and also finds out how Iceland went from having one of the highest COVID-19 death rates in Scandinavia to an interesting example of how the virus could be dealt with. Discover stories that entertain, packed with business cases you can actually use. Season 2 of Teamistry is out now. It's hosted by award-winning documentary filmmaker Gabriella Copperthwaite, the director of Blackfish. Um, I got a sneak preview of one of the episodes of Season 2. Um, I really love the production values, great music, really engaging interviews. It's all sewn together really well. And what I like that the show really does show that teamwork comes in many forms. Like it's also not just about office work by any stretch of the imagination. The episode that I listened to is about an application called Wild Book that helps conservators and researchers keep track of wild animals like whale sharks and zebras via AI analysis of imagery. Super fascinating. And it shows it's something that's really helping with conservation efforts and, and understanding the world around us. And a project that takes this kind of size is a huge undertaking involving many people. But actually, typical problems that are the same as teams of any size, like data management and communication, were the things that were coming up. So it's stuff we all have to manage no matter what we do or where we are. You can search for Teamistry anywhere that you listen to podcasts, or you can find a link in the show notes. So thanks to Teamistry for their support of this show and Relay FM. Jason, let's talk about the iPhone 12 line. Now, we're going to say this up front. There's a lot of information about these phones, a lot of points. And oh boy. There's it's difficult to get our head around some of it right now. We're going to do our level best, especially the camera stuff, which honestly I always struggle with a little bit because there's lots of numbers around the cameras, but we have four phones. They all have flat sides. They all have OLED screens. They all have the A14. They all have the new ceramic shield glass, which is this is the first thing to come out of Apple's uh, partnership with Corning. If you remember, Apple put a ton of money into Corning recently. They're the people that created Gorilla Glass. And now they have this thing called Ceramic Shield Glass, which I wouldn't be surprised would be exclusive to Apple for a little bit. Um, it's nano ceramic crystals that are infused within the glass and it gets four times better drop performance so basically the phone is really durable or more durable now than it's ever been 
Uh, one thing I didn't catch, Jason, I don't know if you did, is it the same on the back and the front, or is it just the screen that gets this ceramic shield oh, glass? I don't know. They showed it on the front. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it was just there. Um, but they, they invested an absolute ton of money. It was called a strategic investment, I think, was what Apple called it. Um, and, yep. they, and this was, I'm sure, one of the first things to come from that. There are new colors across the line. The iPhone 12 and 12 mini get black, white, product red, green, and blue. And the Pro phones get silver, graphite. We say goodbye to space gray now, I suppose. Gold and Pacific blue. Uh, frankly, I'm happy to get rid of space gray. It never made sense to me. Space isn't gray, space and is it was gray. never the same color on any product. Um, so I think graphite makes more sense. I was convinced I would want blue, but the stainless steel gold like frame looks amazing in Apple's it photos. Does. So I might be going back to gold. We'll see. Ooh. I haven't made my mind up yet, but considering the phone, I'm sure that I will want to get. I do have a little bit longer to look at pictures. Something else that all of these four phones have is MagSafe, Jason Snell. MagSafe back. is back. It's um, back. This is magnets around the Qi charger. The Qi charger now does 15-watt fast charging. And as well as new charging products for the iPhone, there's like a basically a big silver Apple Watch charger, um, which is like $39. It's just a disc you plonk it on the back. Um, yep. That's how you charge the phone. I guess you can either use it for travel, or you could pick it up, or you could maybe uh, just stick one on your nightstand, which is what uh, I did for Adina for her Apple Watch. It's just got a bit of blue tack on the back and sticks on. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have a duo product for the iPhone and the watch, which isn't available yet or on Apple's website in the for sale section. Let's hope that they haven't done another air power on us, Jason. It's like, here's this charger, but you can't buy it I yet. Think it's, it's pretty straightforward. It's very similar to other chargers we've mm-hmm. seen. So. It is, yeah. This one not... is not exciting by any stretch of the imagination, but it's like a collapsible travel charger. Um, but as well as everything we expected something like MagSafe would do, which is help for better Qi charging, they have a bunch of new accessories. Yeah. Yeah, I think the they mentioned Belkin. Mm-hmm. And so I like that there's a third-party story here. Yep. And obviously, there's something about just the fact that there are Apple's doing something that is going to help enable a lot of third-party uh, things. And they mentioned it, you know, the ecosystem of iPhone accessories. It's a real thing. Mm-hmm. But of course, Apple has picked its spots where it wants to be, you know, taking a lot of money off the table. Mm-hmm. And so we've seen them in the charger and then the MagSafe stuff that's integrated into into their cases. Um, and then things, you know, so the cases have the magnet attachment now where you can, you can, you know, attach them magnetically to the back of the phone, which is really interesting. And I wonder how, how much the magnet is holding them on versus some other means. Mm. Um, no leather cases, by the way. The leather not cases yet, have, at least. Have vanished. At least, so, at least not yet. At the moment, it's all silicone. Um, and I thought, oh, they must have gotten rid of leather. But one of the products that's not on the Apple website right now is that like sleeve pouch thing that they had. Right. So maybe there right. are more cases still to come because that looked like it was made out of leather. Yeah, I um, feel like John Syracuse might might return to the the pouch lifestyle with that. <laughs> the, oh my god, a, can you imagine him with that little pouch? I'd be so. Funny. Yeah, because you the, the way it works is it slides in and then and then it knows it's got a magnetic attachment. It knows that it's in there, and apparently it's got a special. You know, basically it will display the the time 
through the little window mm-hmm. when it, I don't even know what they're doing with that one. Um, clear case. What is, is going clear, on with the clear case? But has magnets in it. This is in a circle with horrific. a little line below it, which looks very much like an old school floppy disk. It looks like a magnifying um, glass. Yeah, or uh, a magnifying glass. Uh, sure. You should only buy the clear case if you're going to also get the little wallet attachment. Yes. Like I and, don't know why you would buy this clear case and then have that big yeah. white magnifying glass in the back. So of the your wallet phone. is a great example of not only Apple being smart and yeah. recognizing what people are using the iPhone for, but also then taking some money off of mm-hmm. the top and away from other people. Because it's a leather, I mean, here's your leather. It's a leather magnet wallet that mm-hmm. you attach rather than these, all these things. So when Jamie went off to school last year, I got her an iPhone 11. I texted her this morning, by the way, and I said, your phone is now obsolete. She said, what? I said, well, an iPhone 12 now. She's like, oh, right. Uh, but But we bought her a leather card wallet for the back and it's, you know, you just stick it on, and then after, you know, ten weeks, it, it falls off. Like it, it falls off, and you don't really want your cards and stuff to fall off your phone. And I look at this and I think, oh, this is really smart. Like this is, if I were buying that iPhone for Jamie today, this is what we would do. And I like that it's a, a first party has thought of the fact that people carry uh, their cards attached to the back of their phone and they built it in. And because it's all magnetic, they all go together theoretically, which I think is also really interesting. And they said, Apple says on their website, it's shielded. So, you know, you're not going to wipe the stripe off the back of your credit card or something like that, but uh, that you can do that and you can attach it to the back of the phone or to the back of one of the cases. I like that. That's, that's uh, really smart. And again, Apple's making all these calculations of sort of like, what do they want to leave and what do they, where do they want to play? And they know that not everybody's going to buy a case from Apple, but a certain percentage of people, if Apple offers a case, will buy the case. And now they're going to take that iPhone wallet and they're going to take a certain percentage of those people are never going to look at the third parties when they're in the Apple store or when they're on the Apple online store, they're just going to buy the Apple wallet. What I want is a magnetic pop socket. It's going to happen, right? I mean, it seems inevitable. Uh, you would like to think so. It seems inevitable, as long as that, that magnet is strong enough. But that's it. It depends on the strength, because if I'm trying to pull the pop socket out from the phone and it comes off every time, like that's, that's not what well, you that's want. that's no good. So, I, I, you know, because I'm looking at that and I'm like, oh, that looks really, like, for as far as wireless charging stuff, that, that looks really clever. Like, I, you know, this is a better way to do the Qi charging stuff. But it needs to be powerful enough to hold a wallet on it, too, right? Like, yep. I mean, it, you need to have some degree of certainty that the, that the magnet's going to hold. some strength there. But, you know, I was just, I was basically thinking, like, I, I have come to really rely on a pop socket. Like, it is something that I do genuinely really rely on. And at this point, I don't think I could use a large phone without it. So, you know, I it's it's the reason I have one of the reasons I've resisted any wireless charging because I can't use a wireless charger with a pop socket on the back of the phone uh, very reliably, if at all. But if they were able, or if somebody was able to develop a product which is basically like a pop socket but integrates with this uh, with this magnet, I'd be all over that, and then I could actually start to use. Um, some of these products you know PopSocket actually make a uh, a wallet of their own like a pop wallet and so mm. who knows maybe that would be a thing that I would want but I like this I, I genuinely am very pleased that this is something which I mean obviously third parties would make f- products for this anyway uh, I like that there is a, an official way to make it happen uh, in such a way that it could then change what's going on on the phone like the phone is aware 
of the fact that it has that thing attached to it, right? So uh, I'm 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 excited about that. Uh, we knew it's going to happen. Charger and headphones are gone from the box. Uh, we had a segment of Lisa Jackson. We mentioned it earlier. She's standing on the roof of Apple Park. Um, basically, enough carbon savings will be uh, gained here that are equivalent to taking 450,000 cars off the road every year. But still, I this is a cost-saving measure as well as it is an environmental yes. one, in my opinion. We said this before. Um, even if Apple care about it uh, from the environmental perspective, which I'm sure they really do, I have no doubt about that, um, there is nothing for the customer in terms of cost savings or uh, gaining any uh, ability to get a charger if they need one. So Apple are trying to take two wins here, and that's not how this works. Yeah, I I uh, was going back and forth with somebody on Twitter about this this week. That it's like, but you know, it can be both, and it's like, well, yeah, it can be both. But the point is that it feels it is awkward, and you need to question it when it's like, look at what we're doing for the Earth and the environment. But we know they're also saving money by yep. doing this, right? They're saving money, and Apple's saving money, not just you know, carbon output, but saving money in a lot of ways because they said the box is going to be smaller, which means more fit on a pallet. Well, yeah, that means that there are going to be fewer uh, flights with boxes of iPhones coming from China to everywhere else in the world. But it also means that Apple's not paying for any of that. So Apple's saving money and keeping things away from customers who might actually need them, at which point they then need to go out and buy them themselves. Does that mean that it's a net win for the environment? I do believe it is. Do I think that Apple should make it easier for a new iPhone buyer to say, I actually need a pair of headphones or I actually do need a charger? Um, I think they should. I think that would be a, a consumer-friendly thing to do. But this is not what they're doing. So here we are. And I understand that at this point, uh, I'm sure lots of people can can use it. But at the same time, this year, they're including a USB-C charger in the box. so. If you want to be able to charge with the new cable, you will need to buy a new power brick in most cases, right? So, you know, it, it, this isn't, I would have liked to have seen this story told a little bit better from them having more uh, a more full approach. Um, apparently, Apple is selling a 20-watt USB-C power adapter for $19 now, which feels like a better price than what they've done in the past. But still, that $19... You know, let people choose to include this in the package, right? Like, why not? Not everyone's going to do it, but some will do it. But yeah, nevertheless, this is where we are with that. Uh, what else is going on here? So there were three sizes uh, of iPhone across the four phones. So the iPhone 12 and the iPhone 12 Pro have a 6.1-inch screen, which is a bigger screen uh, than what they replace with slightly larger physical dimensions. The iPhone 12 Pro Max has a larger screen at 6.7 inches, which is the biggest screen ever in an iPhone, of course. Indeed. Also slightly larger uh, than the phone that it replaces. These are all in like the couple of millimeters in size right. differences. Yeah, I, I got... Um... I got this pick in the draft, and I actually laughed when they mentioned it because they said almost the almost the same size as the mm-hmm. old one. I thought, well, almost means it's not, uh, and it is slightly larger, but it's very, very, very slightly larger. I think it's one tenth of an inch, or maybe it's one tenth of a millimeter. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's 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 
slightly taller and very, 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 very slightly wider, but it's also thinner and lighter than the Pro Max of the 11. So, um, and a bigger screen. So basically you get a bigger screen with, with a phone that's not essentially not bigger. Mm-hmm. And the iPhone 12 mini has a 5.4 inch screen. So it's smaller than any of the 11 line, right? So don't forget that. Like it's worth just keeping this all in your mind. In size, it is comparable to the iPhone 8. Right. Or the SE, essentially. Sure. I need to double check that, but I guess... Well, iPhone 8 and iPhone SE are the same size. You are correct. Yes. Uh, right. But the it's... SE has got the top and the bottom because it's got the, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's old style, whereas this is iPhone 10 style device, it's, but it's small. Jason, it's smaller than the SE. Yeah. So uh, 5.18 inches to, uh, in height versus 5.4 on the SE, two and a half inches wide versus 2.6 inches, right? So it's actually smaller than the iPhone SE with a 5.4 inch display rather than a 4.7 inch display that oh, yeah. you would find on the SE. Um, and the iPhone 11 uh, had a 6.1 inch screen. Um, so yeah, it's... This is an interesting product lineup. Uh, I think, really, I think there are two types of customers that win here, and then you have a lot of people in the middle. So I, as a big phone person, are getting a bigger phone, and I'm super pleased about it. Um, The uh, people uh, that want a smaller phone now have a much smaller, modern, powerful phone than they've had in years but then they're all everybody in the middle uh where they're facing i think a bit more of a question about what phone they might want to go for right like it's an it's it's quite an interesting lineup overall yeah i think and i've mentioned this before but i think one of the big questions is going to be the uh people who like smaller phones or who have come to accept the existing iPhone size of mm-hmm. the 10 class phones, um, that phone doesn't exist in this product line, Mm-mm. right? The 12 is is the you know was the big phone and is is still a big phone. Yeah. The 12 Pro is bigger, yeah. and the 12 Pro Max is about the same size. Yeah. And then you've got the 12 Mini, which is so much smaller. And that is going to be a really interesting buying dynamic to see who goes for the 12 Pro or the 12 and who says, you know what, I usually buy the top of the line model, but I'm not going to this time because I want because I don't want a, a larger phone. Uh, in fact, I miss when it was a smaller phone. And that mini is awfully interesting, like awfully interesting. If I, I'm not in the, mo- the market for an iPhone this year because I bought uh, an iPhone 11 last year, 11 Pro. Mm-hmm. But if I were to buy one this year, it would absolutely be the 12 mini. It mm. would be. I mean, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later on in this episode what we would buy. But like, certainly, I mean, I want to get my hands on them. I want to see and, and feel what they really feel like. But it's hard for me to imagine having a bigger phone. I feel like the 10 class size is already pushing my limits. And the idea that they're making a um, a modern iPhone that's that small, I'm... I'm intrigued by that, and I know so many people who all, who held out with the original SE for so long because they just didn't want to be pushed up even to uh, an iPhone six, seven, eight class phone, let alone the ten class phone. That um, 
are going to look at that that mini. That mini is a really interesting and compelling product. We have a little bit of follow-up I want to throw in there, by the way. It looks like, according to Apple's webpage, the Qi charging is still rated at 7.5 watts. It's right. MagSafe that's up to 15. So I, I wonder Apple, Apple is... Apple done is Apple, something. They piggybacked on top of Qi and made their own magic uh, sauce, their MagSafe sauce that they're that they're putting in there. So that's uh, interesting. Can we try and talk about the cameras? And I really say try. Yes. Because I have, this is very confusing. I have me. Apple's comparison page up now. I also want to point out something that Apple has uh, maybe needs to rethink, which is that their comparison page for iPhone only has three slots and they have four brand new iPhones. Yeah. Work on that work on that apple but i've got it up here now so if we want to talk about the cameras let me see if i can if i can explain this so um they all have a uh, 12 megapixel camera system but oh okay the ultra wide is a is a 2.4 aperture start. great start the wide is a 1.6 aperture the there's only telephoto on the pro models the telephoto on the pro is 2.0 aperture, but the telephoto on the Pro Max is a 2.2 aperture. Right, so. but let's just say I don't know what the like. I don't really know what that means for me. Like that, this is my thing with the cameras always. Let's well, more light. We can talk about the f's. We can talk, you know, like f's, uh, and yes. uh, and like and again, like we could talk about the focal length. Like we can talk about all of that, and I understand that things get better at different elements. I understand all of that, but for me, as somebody who just takes pictures with my phone. I don't really know how any of that translates. The Pro Max 2.5x optical zoom, as opposed to the 2x optical zoom on the Pro. So mm -hmm. the the larger phone gets a little bit more a telephoto. better telephoto camera. So yep. there is actually, and I know you love this because you love being hashtag Mike was right, yep. hashtag Plus Club, mm -hmm. whatever hashtag you get this time, Max Club. Mm -hmm. um, you like lording it over the little people. With their little phones, with your enormous phone that has better features than any other iPhone. Congratulations, you got it. Yeah, see, there was a rumor about four times and five times optical zoom, right? But this was someone who saw Apple's product pages and thought that that meant there's going to be a four times telephoto and five times telephoto uh, zoom, but that's not the case. It is the overall from like range that they have from all the way out on ultra wide yes. wide to all the way in on telephoto. Yeah, when they say it's 5x range, they mean in the iPhone interface in the camera app, you've got three choices, right? You've got 1x, 2.5x on the Pro Max and 0.5x, which is the the pullback widescreen. And that is a range of 5x, right? If you if you consider 0.5 to be 1, which it's not because it's 0.5, then the 2.5 would be 5. It's algebra, people. Mm -hmm. But um, the way they the way they describe this is so weird because they're trying to be camera-y. Like Zoom, as our uh, Discord chat just pointed out, like it's not like it really zooms. It's three different fixed things, and then you can op you can digital zoom in between them, and it chooses which camera it uses for those. But like it's not really zooming, but but it's the effect of zooming, which mm -hmm. is that you've got a, a a wide and a middle and a zoom in a telephoto kind of thing. But it, it, yes, it is very strange. But suffice it to say that that extra space in the Pro Max and the extra price of the Pro Max, you, if you really love your telephoto, you will get a better exactly. telephoto experience on the Pro Max. Yeah, and I've always loved the if telephoto. if I abandon so. the Pro line for the 12 mini, I will lose that, which mm -hmm. will make me sad but we'll get into that. 
So the Pro Max gets not just a better zoom, the telephoto lens is better. The yes. wide-angle lens is better than even the improvements in the other phones. So every phone has got Apparently. a better regular camera, the wide-angle camera, but the Pro Max has 87% better low-light performance on the wide. And a brand-new optical image stabilization system, which is called Sensor Shift, where oh, yeah. essentially, if I've understood it correctly, instead of the camera being what is stabilized, they stabilize the camera sensor. And exactly. this enables optical image stabilization on every camera in the phone rather than just the right. ones that they optically image stabilize. Very smart. Super cool. So the cam- I'm pleased about this because when the Plus was introduced... You know, like you paid more, it was a bigger screen, but you also got additional features because the phone was bigger, right? They could do more with it. And that was a really great thing. I loved that. And then over time, it just became, I'll just choose the screen size. And I was kind of found that a little bit frustrating. You know, like maybe you got a little bit more battery life, but I always felt like there could be more. So I am very pleased to see that the Pro Max is getting that attention again. In the additional money that I'm paying for it, I'm also getting vastly better camera performance across all of the cameras and i'm very excited about that right it looks like the sensor shift is specifically on the wide on oh, the pro max so confusing. right well it's well yeah. okay but the, the other cameras say like optical dual optical sensor shift optical yes. so what is it only stabilizing the wide angle on the on the Pro Max with sensor shift, the rest of them are the other t- more traditional optical image stabilization. Okay. It's very confusing. So there it's is optical confusing. image stabilization across the cameras, but just the wide angle camera is the one that's getting the sensor shift. Yes, and only on the Pro Max. Yes, clear that as part. mud. Clear, nice and clear. Mm-hmm. Like this is one of those things where it's like just understand from what we said at the start, all the cameras are better no matter what phone you're buying. But the more money you spend, the cameras get better, right? Like Yes, and, and that does seem to be the case. And they seem to have not... I think what is fascinating here is that they've made a choice to not care about having everything be exactly the same mm-hmm. and do a little bit more uh, feature differentiation among the models beyond size, which you said you liked. And I think that this is an interesting choice on their part because it ruins simplicity, but it provides more value to the you know possibilities of the entire iPhone line because yes there's at least one iPhone that does this thing and it's the most expensive one and you know you may um i i am fascinated by the entire concept we're going to talk about video in a minute but like very clearly Apple is trying to make some it's not concessions some some choices that prove why they're calling it pro mm and a lot of these things, I think most buyers of the pro can- pro phone won't care about. But some people will care a lot. And those people are going to be motivated to buy the higher-end phones. And it lets Apple say, we've got a range. Our range matters. It's not just about size. And the highest-end phone does get some special tech that we couldn't fit in the next one down. Like, I get what they're doing there. And they made that is a conscious decision, right? Because they could have capped it and said, no, if we can't do it in both of the pro phones, we should only, we should keep them the same. Yeah. And they chose not to do that because they do want that to be a different differentiator. 
and they have to realize that it does make things a little more confusing, but it's a choice that they made, and that's interesting. Apple Pro Raw was the feature, which is a sneak peek for coming later in the year. Every year for the right. last few years, Apple have had something in, to do with a camera that doesn't come at launch, right. but they talk it was about sweater it. sweater mode last year. Yep. And I think it was portrait mode one year as well. Yes. Uh, this is effectively allowing for you to have a new option where you still get images in RAW. So you shoot in RAW, which means that you can then uh, have a lot more control over the image in your own kind of post-processing for color and uh, exposure and that kind of stuff. But they are including Apple's image processing in the whole bundle, which basically means that you still benefit from all of the work that Apple is doing of image processing while still getting a lot of the typical control that you would have with RAW, which would allow people using these phones, I'm sure, to get very, very good images out of these, these sensors. So again, this is a little bit over my pay grade when it comes to like dealing with RAW images. Like I can't imagine ever... Uh, using this myself. Yeah, but it's, it's a, again, it's a pro feature yeah. and it means that you can take those things off of the iPhone and into, uh, I'm going to assume pretty much any, yeah, mm-hmm. any pro uh, photo app will Aperture. eventually support this. Uh-huh. Except um, Aperture, nope. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, but Light, Lightroom is a good example. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll have access to all of that Apple image processing raw data to make your edits and and yeah pro photographers are are going to love it and again another example of a pro feature in the pro phone even though most people aren't going to use the pro features or aren't going to care uh how do you justify calling it pro one way you do is you you do load in features for the pros like apple again most iphone pros are not used to shoot feature films or commercials right Mm -hmm. but some, some value accrues. <laughs> some value accrues to them in the fact that somebody does right. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is so good that you can make a movie with it. I'm not going to do it, but isn't it awesome? And like that, that is part of the kind of the halo uh, that surrounds yeah. the and also the, building the to name. that level. Building to you could make professional grade video and photo with this camera means that the person who is using their phone to create the YouTube videos that they want to make will benefit. Right. Like you will get some benefit. And some of that might be in a new thing called Pro Video as well, which is HDR recording, including being the first camera that can shoot in Dolby Vision HDR at 4K 60 frames per second with live previewing as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I can imagine the HDR video stuff will be something that a lot more people will benefit from than the, the Pro Raw. Well- I saw a funny comment on Twitter scroll by during the event, which was the, like, you know, Apple is very good at pointing out the features that it doesn't include and saying, oh, well, we didn't think people would, you know, would care. And uh, the, then they include features and make a big deal out of them that literally nobody is going to care. And it's sort of like 120 uh, hertz scrolling. Yeah. You know, do people really want that? Yes. Oh, but Dolby Vision HDR, we have that. And it's like, mm, you know, but it's like, because it, sometimes the choices are, about what you're capable of doing and mm-hmm. what you're capable of doing at a certain price point and all that. And Apple's, again, like I said before, this is a pro feature. It lets them say, look how amazingly capable our cameras are. Most people aren't going to care. I don't think people are going to care about HDR video recording too much. Although I suppose, you know, if you're taking pictures of your newborn 
and the TVs of the future are all HDR, then you've got more dynamic range and colors for those pictures of your of your kid. The Dolby Vision thing, I'm waiting for the pro to say all this really is doing is tagging every you know, every video with Dolby Vision stuff on the fly in order to claim that it's Dolby Vision. It doesn't really make it any better, but you know, it's a it's a thing that they can check the box about. Again, it's for most people this is a little bit silly, other than to say, wow, like Apple keeps on dumping even more high level features and buzzwords and things. And it feels good that I've I'm using the best camera to shoot my random video that I'm shooting. Uh, the LiDAR sensor, which is only included on the Pro phones, uh, it finally has a feature which is of use um, rather than just AR. Uh, it helps with focusing in low light, including a new night mode portrait, uh, but it also does better autofocusing and stuff like that, which I think is a great use. Is you know For me, like great. Uh, I don't really care too much about AR at the moment, especially with everything that I've seen. Um, but I'm super into using this sensor for better autofocusing and stuff like that. Yeah, we talked about how people were skeptical of the use of LiDAR for photography, but they found a way to uh, use it to augment their uh, their stuff. Now, I'm, I'm, I have a little bit of skepticism about how much of this is uh, is super helpful and how much of this is something that helps them explain why lidar is cool because ar maybe isn't enough right yes. like i'm not i'm not 100% that this is in the end going to be that the lidar as a use in certain uh camera situations is worth having the lidar sensor there but i think it maybe broadens the appeal of adding that sensor to say oh it also helps with your photos instead of the the pitch for the ipad pro which was literally it's great for ar and that was it now the thing we haven't spoken about yet which is the thing which is the thing apple couldn't stop talking about throughout this entire presentation and that was 5g now i knew 5g was going to happen on this phone it seemed obvious to me from the beginning um and we have it, but the level at which Apple spoke about 5G during this presentation was far more than I expected. For a company that poo-pooed 5G and didn't come out with a 5G phone last year because 5G, whatever, what is it good for? This year was Absolutely like everything, they, apparently. they had been, Apple had been in a program where they had, you know, there had been an intervention and they'd been sat down and they said, you know, you got to understand 5G is very important. And they're like, oh, oh yes, I, I, I've got it now. I've got it now. Let's bring Mr. Verizon out on stage to talk about 5G. That was ridiculous. That was too much. They you know, went too far with that, in my honestly, opinion. Honestly, I felt really nostalgic because it's been a while since I've been to a live Apple event. No, it's ridiculous. And I felt super nostalgic to have Tim Cook introduce a an executive from some other, com- com- some other company who is going to stand there and talk about how great their product is for a, way too long. It's like, that's old. It was like, oh, it's like I'm back in the Steve Jobs Theater. Also, I went and got myself a drink during that part because, which you can't do if you're at the Steve Jobs Theater. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's too much. And I wonder about the Verizon thing. Like, 
some interesting carrier stuff going on in the background here. And this is one of them, which is like, what is the backstory about letting the, the CEO of Verizon on stage for an Apple event? Like yep. what was, what did they give Apple in exchange for that? Because that has to be right. Like, I, I feel like that's not Apple saying, well, we really need Verizon to play ball here. Like that's not but the I case. But I don't understand what they could have done because no matter what they did apple don't just sell the phone on verizon they don't like if verizon did a bunch of stuff to make the iphone run better on 5g on verizon that's awesome but apple sell on four networks in america and then on many 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 more across the globe so me sitting here in the uk i'm like can i even get 5g with this iphone and i'll tell you jason I have been looking, and I cannot find the answer to that question yeah. right yeah. now. Well, th- yeah, this is this is uh, part of the challenge here, and I even wonder in the U.S. like AT and T's got to be feeling sad, um, and they apparently put out a press release like right afterwards saying, "Yes, we have it," and also here's a deal: we'll give you. I think I think literally AT and T is trying to do a deal where they where if you trade in a phone, um, and are on their unlimited plan or whatever, they'll just like give you an iPhone 12. Like. <laughs> They're like, please, please, mm. please don't leave us. But um, something, I don't know, I, you know, Verizon made an announcement. They said that they were turning on their nationwide 5G uh, as opposed to just, I, I wonder if there's some of the deal here was like, we want you to hold this and tie it to the Apple event so that the launch of the iPhone coincides with the launch but of your- I don't know like, how that I, I don't know helps what the deal anyone. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know either. This, this, I, I was baffled by it. And I'd like to know the behind the scenes of why this happened, but it was super boring. Um, at, 5G is overhyped. I, you know, it, it doesn't mean 5G is important in the long run, but like in the short run, it's actually not that important. But if you're Apple, you've got 5G phones, you kind of want to flog it. And, you know, if you're a carrier, you want to flog your 5G networks. And so, the, you know, Hans is out there from Verizon doing just that. But, I found it, uh, yes, extremely uninteresting. I think the 5G features are the least interesting thing about these phones. And we spent an awful lot of time doing it. So whether Apple believes that there's just been so much 5G marketing um, that they they need to counter it. Well, that's or why they, they had believe- to do it, was yeah. because the networks are saying that it's here. I don't know that they had to go as far as they did mentioning right. 5G as because it wasn't just in that excruciatingly long beginning segment. 5G came up throughout the it, entire oh, it was like a boomerang. iPhone presentation. Mm-hmm. Just kept on flying back, hitting us in the head every yep. time. Like you, th- nope, no, oh, it's back. So 5G this, is back. in my opinion, uh, <sighs> 5G on the iPhone is the thing that yep. we're going to be talking about over the next couple of months because. We need to understand across the globe as people are getting these phones if they can even get 5G. So that's going to yeah. be a set of stories. And then we'll have the stories of like whether it actually works for people or not. And if yeah, and it, we could end up getting to the end of this year and, and we could all be going, you know what? They were right. This is amazing, right? But I don't know if anyone is at that point, especially when everyone's at home more. Right. So the other other interesting quirk here is we've talked a lot in the past about special versions of the iPhone for China, especially, but for other countries like that have different wireless standards. These iPhones have a different version for the U.S. Because there is the millimeter wave tech that that Verizon is using mm-hmm. um, in the U.S. And so they support that, but apparently only in the U.S., 
models, as far as I can tell. A lot of weird stuff going on here that we're going to have to have to learn about. Um, fortunately, and this is a little tidbit that I also thought was kind of funny. Um, if you're not needing 5G speed, the iPhone software automatically takes you back down to LTE good. to save battery. Yeah, that's good. It's good. It's also kind of funny of like, oh yeah, we can't stay up there. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, but when, when we LTE launched, there was like, you know, you could turn yeah. it on and off oh, we turned you, you had to manually turn it on yeah. and off to save battery, right? But this is like, no, no, we did it in the software, which I like. I like, but um, I don't know. I don't know. The Verizon thing went on too long. That was the part that just, I don't know why that happened. I don't think we really needed that much time. What What did Verizon do for Apple? to get that slot i i, I don't know so yeah, anyway I 5g hmm. so yeah it looks like you oh, know the, the millimeter wave stuff is coming to other countries so like that's the other thing that's weird to me is like other countries will get millimeter wave so why yeah. does the was the us the only iphone 12 that know. will ever have millimeter wave. I don't and I don't know that maybe it has something to do with the Qualcomm modems and what's available and in what volumes weird I don't yeah. know. It's all very strange. This is what I'm saying. Like The 5G part, I think, is something that we're going to keep checking in on as time goes because we will get more information about it. People will start to use it. They'll be able to talk about their experiences a bit more. Um, but I really do think we're going to look back at that presentation like we are now in the future and be like, they're way too excited about 5G. Like 5G is going to be great, but it ain't great yet. It's not there and I, I really don't understand the whole Verizon thing. So anyway, the iPhone 12 mini is going to be 699 uh, starts at, and the iPhone 12 starts at 799. All right. uh, in America, the source article on 9 to 5 Mac, yep. these prices are available as special offers from Verizon and AT&T. So, so this is the thing. These prices are, are not real. Yeah. Another, another interesting quirk in iPhone pricing that has been so quirky over time. Mm-hmm. When Apple says it's six ninety nine or seven ninety nine or we'll get to nine ninety nine and ten ninety nine, it's not. It's actually thirty dollars more. And they have special deals in the US anyway, special deals with Verizon and AT&T, but not the other carrier carriers, soon to be carrier. So there's a thirty dollar discount you get as an AT&T customer or a Verizon customer. That makes it six ninety nine or seven ninety nine, but if you're a T-Mobile customer, guess what? It's seven twenty nine, which is bananas. It's it's a you know it, it's basically a promo price that Apple is is selling you, but depending on your carrier, you don't get it. And of course, if you want to buy a SIM free model, you know, completely free and clear, you don't get the special deal. Um, it doesn't seem like there are any strings attached. Like as an AT and T customer. I believe I can just say yes, I have AT&T and I get it for 6.99, but I find it really weird that they've got these special deals that will they continue? Will they not continue? Is this effectively a price raise that's just going to be slow acting for some but not for others? But the bottom line is, you know, I don't think we can call this a 699 iPhone 12 mini or a 799 iPhone 12. I think we have to call them 729 and and 829, right? I guess. Uh the 12 Pro uh, starts at quote 999 
Um, yeah. But now starts at 128 gigabytes, so they've upped the storage That's on good. the minimum, which is great. 12 Pro Max at 1099. So the iPhone, the, now follow along with me here. The iPhone 12 and the iPhone 12 Pro are available in October. The 12 Pro Mini and the 12 Pro Max will be available in November. So the smallest and largest, November. The two phones in the middle, October. That's how it's working. So we're going to be talking about iPhones for a long time, oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Because these phones will, will be coming out. Uh, so that's the iPhone 12 line. Let me just say, I know that I have expressed frustration, right? Yeah. And the frustration for me mostly comes at like there being a lot to, to try and digest. There are things that I want on uh, these phones that I don't have. But I think for the phone, this phone in general, I'm very excited about it. I think it looks fantastic. I'm really excited for the new physical design, the flat side design. I'm really excited about. I'm excited to get an even larger screen because why not? Let's just go for it and see what that's like. Uh, and I am super excited to try out these new cameras that are on the Pro Max. Um, so I would say, like, I am, I am eagerly awaiting a. 12 Pro Max, but I have question marks, uh, especially around 5G um, and its usefulness to us at the moment. Um, I think that we're like a couple of years away and 5G is going to be unbelievably great, right? Like if we can get all of the technology in place, but we're not there yet. And the fact that we're not here yet is what's made Apple's 110% on this kind of strange for them, at least. Mm-hmm. All right, this episode is brought to you by Bombas. Bombas makes the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. They have rethought every detail of the socks that we wear to make them more comfortable, and oh boy, do these socks do more than just keep them comfortable, though. They also help give back to the most vulnerable members of communities. Because for every pair of socks that you purchase, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. And thanks to the generosity of Bombas' customers, they have donated over 34 million pairs of socks and counting through their nationwide network of more than 3,000 giving partners. The impact is more powerful than ever. To people experiencing homelessness, they represent the dignity of having some clothes, to, clean clothes to put on, which is a small comfort that is especially important to people right now. Now, I have been wearing Bomba socks for a long time now, and I absolutely love them. They're super comfortable. They look great. I am in love with their ankle socks. They are by far and away the most comfortable ankle socks I have ever worn. Um, they have this little like kind of tab, I guess, at the back, like this extra cushion at the back, which is so comfortable for me, um, and it means that my feet don't get hurt by the shoes that I wear, which I've always had a problem with ankle socks, but with Bomber socks, absolutely no problem at all. They have loads of great styles, loads of great patterns, but I I absolutely love them. So really, really great socks. Give a pair when you buy a pair and you'll get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com slash upgrade. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash upgrade for 20% off your first purchase. Go now, bombas.com slash upgrade. Our thanks to Bombas for their support of this show and Relay FM. A little real-time follow-up, by the way. I was I going on about the hidden $30 charge in the $799 and $699 iPhone 12s. The pros don't have the hidden charge. The pros okay. are actually $999 and $1099. So they've stuck at price, and that's that. But the on the cheaper models, they are you know cheaper by 
$30 only in certain promotions, apparently. Which so means they are more um, expensive then. Means they're more expensive. Yep. So it really is sort of uh, $729, $829, $999, and 1099 So you mentioned that you uh, would buy the... You would buy the 12 Mini if you were buying, right? Yeah, and and I want to get my hands on it because it's possible that if I try the 12 Mini, I would even trade in my phone and upgrade because I like the 10 class phone and I've gotten used to it and I have the 11 Pro now. But so here are the things. One, it is a little bit too big. And two... It's slippery, so it requires a case. And back in the iPhone 5 era, I didn't use a case on my iPhone. I didn't need to. It felt comfortable in my hand. And we've gone back to a design with these flat sides where I'm hopeful that this is not going to be a bar of, sl- a bar of soap, right? A slippery mm-hmm. bar of soap that, like, whoa, there goes my iPhone. I hope that new ceramic thing works because it's flying through the air and it's about to hit the ground, right? So... If it feels really good in my in my hand, like the screen is big enough, everything looks good, and I don't feel like I'm going to uh, drop it, it's possible that I would do a trade-in, either of my 11 Pro or of my old 10 that Lauren has, and then you know roll that one down to her, one of those. I might. I, I'm a little bit tempted, but that would be what it would be. Um, it would have to be something where if I tried it out, I felt like it was going to be, I I could go caseless and that it was, uh, it just felt better to have that size because it's been years since I used a phone of that size. And it's possible that the iPhone 10 class phone design has ruined me and I can't go back. But, um, also my priorities in a phone, like even before the pandemic, I spent a lot of time on my iPad. And at my desk, I'm, you know, at my uh, on my Mac, iPhone is not the most important device in my life. I use it when I'm out. I'm not out very much now, but I do use it when I'm out. But like, it's not my primary device. I have other devices for that, so it doesn't really need to be big. Um, and so I don't know. That's what I'm all kind of turning around in my mind. But I think the real the real question is going to be when in November we get a chance to hold these things and actually have that experience because there's a huge range in the iPhone line right now. Like this, it, imagine that 12 Pro Max and the and the 12 Mini, like those are the, <laughs> it's like that picture of, uh, sorry, this is a baseball reference, but there's that picture of Aaron Judge, who's like the almost seven foot tall Yankee standing at second base. And, um, and uh, little uh, Jose Altuve, who is a uh, very small second baseman. And there's this picture and it's like, baseball players come in all sizes, right? This is like that with these phones. They are they are so dramatically different in size. So that's exciting. And I, I hope that it works for you and me because I imagine that that's what you're thinking is give me the largest iPhone possible mm-hmm. while I'm thinking maybe give me the smallest iPhone pro- possible. So what's your first read as a as the founding member of the of the uh plus slash max club i remain hesitant at the increased size right um at a certain point these phones are going to be too big for me right uh i don't know if we've hit it yet but we're 
certainly close. Because even though the physical size is only a little bit more, the additional screen size is still size of screen I have to reach across. And, you know, uh, I'm blessed with being a relatively tall guy, so I have big hands, and my hands have been fine for these phones. But I don't know what this one's going to be like, right? Like, maybe the iPhone 12 Pro Max is has passed what I am willing to be happy to use, right? But I just don't know it yet. But what Apple have done, which was for me, was like best case scenario, they've made it an easy decision because they've given me additional functionality again, which is something that I really wanted. So like giving me an even better camera might mean that if I get it and I'm like, oh, this might be a little bit too big for certain circumstances, I can at least say, well, but I've got that really great camera that I want. So the only thing for me, I'm going Pro Max for sure. My only thing is, I don't know what color to get because oh. I loved the green, right? Uh, the of the was it midnight green of the midnight iPhone green. 11 Pro. Really happy with that color, and at the time thought I also would love a blue, right? And they've given me blue, and blue looks great, but the gold, the gold, looks the shiny really glinty gold is getting you good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that. It was it. it they're showing it a lot on the pages. They made a specific point of showing it during the presentation. The, what they've yeah. done to the stainless steel sides, that looks superb. So I'm not sure between the two of them. I'm leaning towards gold right now. I really hope that I get to see some pictures of this. before. Oh, I will, won't I? Because the 12s will come out. And people yes. will have reviews about them before I have to order the 12 Pro Max. Right, you'll so. be able to see some pictures of the gold mm-hmm. or even go to an Apple store I could store go to an Apple point. store. Ah, I mean, I could, I guess. Yeah. I could try. Bundle uh, up, wear, put on your space I might, suit. I might do that, actually. I might do that. Um, the The big decision here is that Gina is due for an upgrade, and she's going to have to really think. She's like, she watched the event with me, and was not sure about what she would do. She has an 11 Pro right now, but as a lot of people like you, the Mini is tempting to her because she's a tiny person. Um, and especially now that the, the gap is way closer between those phones. But like the thing that she would have to give up is the telephoto lens. You know that I think that's one of the things that people will will give up. Everything else seems better than the you know even in the the mini than it was in the twelve pro by a lot of instances, but you do lose a camera, so you have to be willing to lose that camera and if you use the telephoto lens a lot, like I genuinely do like I wouldn't want to give it up um but you, you know it's about trade offs right do you do you want a much 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 smaller phone? I mean, this is an interest. This is a very interesting year. It's a very interesting year. Uh, Apple have gone very bold with this lineup. I think um, in having the smallest phone get smaller and the biggest phone get bigger. Uh, I think you know we've been hearing about this as for a couple of years, and it was intriguing then, and it's really intriguing now. But the thing is, a lot of people are in the positions that you know me and you are in right now, where it's like, do I do what I've always done, or do I right. change? So that's, yeah, and this this yeah. is a moment where the line has changed appreciably, and I think it it it's going to cause people unless you're buying a a twelve coming from the eleven or the ten R, or you're buying a twelve Pro coming from the ten 
10s or mm-hmm. 11 pro um those the ones that are coming first i think are like straight down the line but the ones the outliers are interesting enough to like make you have a rethink yes i think so although the but the, but there is the question though that i think that people need to think about like if you had an 11 pro the 12 pro is bigger the screen is bigger and if, so if you were already feeling like that screen was too big for you, you'll be going from 5.8 right. to 6.1 inches. No, no, you're right. And that's where I am, right? So, mm-hmm. so no, that, you're right. You're right. I think that if you, there's a decision point if you've got a 10, 10S or 11 Pro where you have to decide if you want a bigger phone or not or if you've reached your limit. And, and that's where I am. And, and like I said earlier, I'm fascinated to see if Apple will ever give us any color on this or ba- based on anecdotes that we hear, how many people get off the pro train because while they like a nice phone, what they really liked was that it was the smallest current iPhone and it's not anymore. You know, I'm sad because I do like that telephoto lens and would prefer it to a wide angle lens, mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. But that may not be enough, right? Like given given the size issues. And this has always been an issue since Apple went up to the six uh, from the five that uh, some people don't want a bigger phone. Most people do, turns out. Some people don't. And will they get off the, the pro line and go to the mini instead? I, I think there, a lot of people will. But There's that's going to be a decision point right away. The comparison page. The yes. battery life seems like it might be worse on the new phones. So the iPhone 11 Pro is listed to 18 hours video playback. The iPhone 12 Pro is 17 hours video playback. Hmm. That's weird. Right? Well, that's not something that Apple would talk about. No, but it's also not something that we usually see either. How peculiar. Yeah, I wonder wonder if 5G... Factors but into that. the Pro Max phones, the same. 11 Pro Max to 12 Pro Max, same battery. Huh. But the 11 Pro to 12 Pro, less battery. Yeah, it's the video playback up to 17 hours versus 18 hours. Mm-hmm. Video playback streamed the same. Audio playback the same. I don't know. Hmm. Why do they use video playback as the battery, <laughs> battery indicator? Well, anyway? because it's it's taxing, you know. Because otherwise, you've got to create like a virtual, like a like a little fake hand that taps on things. And okay, yeah, sure. you got you got to find something to keep the phone active and emulating actual real world use. And they can do that, and they have in the past. But it's hard, and it's easier to just play a video until it dies. Ooh, Jason, the 12 Mini is 15 hours. But, you know. Wow. I know it's a small phone, but if you're used to that battery life, that's a big difference. It's a difference, but I think that the people who want that phone are going to, that's not going to be their priority. right? Right, but... What what this does, though, is it makes that decision more difficult for the people that are in the I have an iPhone 11 Pro or I have an iPhone 
uh, ten, and I want to decide. So again, like bringing Adina back into the conversation again because we were talking about it earlier. One thing that she wants is more battery in her phone again because she's at that point where she's had her phone for long enough and the battery's starting to go. So if I now say to her, "Well, the phone, the twelve mini has a worse battery than the one you currently have." she's probably not going to want to go for that phone. So like the people that are in those middle areas that are trying to decide like, where do I want to go next? Something like the battery life is significantly lower, like significantly lower. Uh, like as in like, you're going to lose the gain that you got from the 10 S to the 11, um, might make people think again on it. I mean, I know they Apple didn't mention it, but I'm surprised that it's taken me this long to see that in the comparison charts that there is quite significant uh, battery life uh, changes. Hmm. Well, there you go. Yeah. Just to be clear, it's actually more battery life than the 10s, but okay. it loses that gain of the of the 11, where they had a huge um, a huge gain in battery life. Yeah. So it goes, it sort of reverts. So basically, if you're coming from a 10 or a 10s, it's not going to be less battery life yep what about everything we didn't see there was a lot that we didn't see right at this event (laughs) there was apple silicon it's very clear it's very clear that there's going to be another event right i can't Mm -hmm. see them releasing the first apple silicon max with no fanfare so i would have and they've gotten good at doing one hour ish long video events so why would they just not do a mac event like in the past, they might have had that debate of like, well, why don't we just do some briefings and a press release and uh, an embargo time and we'll do it that way. But I feel like they probably won't do that this time because why not do an hour on this and brag all that you can about how amazing Apple Silicon is? Oh, um, by the way, we didn't even talk about it. Let me take a little, little sidebar here, Mike. Mm-hmm. A little sidebar. About the new uh, processor. Oh, the A14? A14? Yeah. Not a lot of detail. Not a lot of comparisons to the A13. Instead, comparisons to other smartphones. What did that mean? Did the, uh, iPhones not count as other smartphones? I think they're burying A14 performance. Still. And I wonder if it's because it's not as impressive as they had hoped. Uh, they, if if it is as impressive as they had hoped, I'm a little bit baffled why they compared the iPad to the previous iPad Air, and they compared this iPhone in most cases to other smartphones and not to the previous generation iPhone, as far as I can tell. And that's weird. I just I it's not what I expected. And they either have a are playing a different game than I thought they were playing, or there's some reason why they're reluctant to quote direct A13 to A14 numbers. Right, right, okay. And if they so, really want to see a big number, just compare it to the competition. Yeah, well, you're going to get a bigger number that way. So anyway, I just wanted to mention that because we we didn't we we passed that aside. But I was expecting more bragging. I know yeah. we they did have some bragging about the A14, but every time they brought up the A14, I kept waiting for them to sort of like dig in a little bit more yeah. than they did last month, and they didn't really. Like they they didn't really. So so take this with a grain of salt then, but I feel like if they're going to do the Apple Silicon Max thing, they really do want to brag on how much better those are than the Intel Macs, right? And then and other Intel PCs. So I think it needs to be an event. And that it sounds to me like that's going to be, you know, next month or early December. And, you know, those Macs may very well ship uh, early, de- early to late December. 
But I feel like that there's probably almost certainly has to be another one of these uh, Apple events to come for us with Apple Silicon because they said by the end of the year they put they didn't need to put that stake in the ground but they did and I don't think they're going to let it go by and say oh yeah here's a MacBook Air with Apple Silicon anyway uh, happy new year I don't think they're going to do that especially because there's so much other stuff which could still come this year like AirPods of some kind right the over-ear ones especially uh, and Apple TV hardware, and maybe more about Apple TV content. Like, I do think that we are in for one more event. I don't think there's going to be a press release yeah. kind of situation. I think we I'm, have November one more. Given given that we're going to be, that you ideally want to get your lineup set before the holiday buying season begins, and November, you know, doing a late November event is late for that, although you could do it. Apple TV, I start to look at and think, I wonder if they're going to do a spring services something that has an apple tv announcement in it and do it that way if they don't if that product isn't ready to go it would allow them to talk about their shows and all those other things i wonder if there's another venue for that um that is early next year and honestly i'm starting to wonder is this going to be the model going forward for apple which is every month or two they're just going to do an hour. They'll drop an hour with a bunch of products that are all related to each other and not mention any of the other products that Apple makes because they want to keep the focus. Maybe, maybe um, the question of how you roll out something like Apple um, AirPod Studio headphones or something like that still uh, still out. I kind of thought that they might pair that with a HomePod and that seems like a great holiday product. Maybe it's not ready. I don't know. I can only imagine that that's the case, right? It's just maybe right. not really, or maybe it's just not for now. I don't know, but it feels like there's still enough stuff that could come this year that we haven't yet gotten to. Uh, true. And it seems like maybe there'll be one more event in the offing to allow them to get those things out because I'm sure that any headphone stuff, they're really going to want for the holidays right yeah um you know all those rumors about apple clearing out other headphones stuff from there and saying oh well there's definitely gonna be a headphones announcement because they've cleared all that stuff out um i keep thinking that that's one of those examples where you're overthinking it and it's probably apple apple dumps third-party products from the apple store all the time and if they're thinking about the holidays and thinking about apple stores where they're going to have limited space for people it's possible that they just decided they're going to clear out that stuff and clear out that space and use it for something else or use it for more space. So we'll see. But like, well, I, I was obviously they didn't announce it here. They could be doing this because they're doing that and they made that decision to happen a while ago and these headphones are coming a little bit later than expected. Could also but it be was multiple decisions, yeah. so they're just doing them all. We should uh, talk about what the iPhone didn't get specifically, right? Like mm-hmm. missing features on the iPhone. There was all of the rumors that there might be promotion, which I feel like makes the most sense when you've got Apple Pencil support, but it also has its advantages just from, you know, smooth scrolling. Smooth scrolling on the iPad Pro is real nice. Yeah. And there's a it reason. Would be nice that, on the iPhone. You know, every top tier Android phone has this feature. Like there is there yeah. are genuine benefits that you yeah. can feel on a daily basis. Also gaming. You can get high refresh rate gaming. Yeah. Like there I mean, are there Apple, are lots of reasons for it. Apple chose like the the pixels per inch on these phones is all is very impressive, right? These are super high resolution mm-hmm. 
displays. That's great. But the 120 hertz refresh that we had talked about being a possibility didn't happen. The one that's the big one is there is no emergency Touch ID sensor like on the iPad Air on these iPhones to supplement Face ID. I really hoped. It was a long shot to hope it, but I did hope that they could have done it. I hope all of these journalists who are getting briefings with Apple uh, press them on that question. I want to hear what the stock Apple answer is for did you not consider why did you not do something to try and deal with the fact that we're all wearing masks? Yeah. And I'm sure they have a dumb answer <laughs> that doesn't satisfy anyone. I have just realized now. But I want to hear not it. talk about Face ID at all. No, no, it's just on the slide. Yeah. They, no, it, it definitely was not something that they brought up because it's a weakness for them. And they didn't have an answer for it because they didn't build a Touch ID sensor into these iPhones. I would lay money at this point that the next iPhone will have a Touch ID sensor. Mm. But um, I'm a little disappointed that with the heads up that they did get, and I ranted about this on a previous show, so I don't need to do it again, but like this, you got the tech there. I, I, I would like that. I would like that explanation. Even, you know what would satisfy me if they said, you know, we looked at it because we do think that that's something that might be possible in the future. They'll never say that, but, but, um, there, it wasn't possible. Like I would love a senior Apple executive and who has actually got understand. the authority to say to say that to say that like yeah. you know we 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 think that we we see that point. Maybe it'll happen in an analyst call. Like we see that point, but um you know we we didn't have that tech on the iPhone. I know it's on the iPad, but that was years in the planning. Like I would love for a real truthful answer where Apple said we get it that you want it. And and maybe even and we tried, but it wasn't possible. But you know, I don't think they're going to admit to not having superhuman <laughs> abilities to create iPhone f- features either. So, and obviously, no USB C. That uh, people wanted it, but that never felt no, like something that was coming I, this year. I would love it if it happened, but doesn't the existence of the MagSafe on the back? suggests that the direction that they're going to go ultimately is to add some um to add some data to the magnetic connector and that's how they get to um the so-called portless iphone yeah i mean i don't know how that would work but i guess it could right like like a smart connector basically yeah yeah because i guess it's not on the aluminium so they don't need to do a little cutout it's going through the glass. I assume you could transfer data that way. I don't know though. You I know? don't know. But yeah, I think I think that is something that is continuing to prove that I don't think we're ever getting USB C on the iPhone of any kind. I think that they will want to push MagSafe further until that can be the only thing they could need. Be. Could be. Wh- who knows? But um I would love to see it, but it didn't happen and probably won't, but you never know. Big event. Uh, I am genuinely uh, very excited about the products announced today. I can't wait to get my orders in, uh, but I'm going to be waiting now until mid to late November for all of the stuff that I will want to be getting. So I like I want to try out one of the HomePods, uh, and I'm going to be getting a Pro Max. I think gold, Jason. Mm-hmm. I think I'm leaning towards gold. I sure sounds like it. 
Uh, so that's it for this episode. We'll be back as normal next week where I'm sure we'll have more to talk about when it comes to everything announced at the Apple event as more information comes out. If you come by anything that's interesting that you think you want to hear us talk about in regards to these phones, you can send it to us on Twitter. I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Jason is at Jsnell, J-S-N-E-L-L. Toss it in a hashtag AskUpgrade maybe. Uh, and that's a great thing to do as well. Hashtag ask upgrade or question mark ask upgrade in the Relay FM members Discord will go to help us uh, plan out some topics for and questions for the future episodes of the show as we lead up to new iPhone season again. We're in the thick of it much later than we expected. And now I guess we can start to try and guess when that next event is going to be. <laughs> Sometime in November, I suppose. If you want to get more of Upgrade, with no ads. You can go to getupgradeplus.com and that is where you can sign up, become a member, $5 a month or $50 a year. Go to getupgradeplus.com and you will get Upgrade Plus, which includes more content from every episode and no ads as well. Uh, thanks to Bombus and Teamistry and MailRound for their support of this show. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Upgrade. You can find Jason over at sixcolors.com if you want some more analysis about what's going on uh, over the next few days. We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Jason Snell. Goodbye, Mike Hurley. <laughs>